You're listening to Faith at Work, brought to you by AirAccountant.io, outsourced controller and bookkeeping services. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Faith at Work. I'm Carl Grant here with Michael Flecker. He's CFO of Fran Connect. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much for having me, Carl. Pleasure. So, talk to me a little bit about your your current job, and then we're going to talk about how you led up to, to what you're doing now. Sure. Uh, so I am currently, as you mentioned, the CFO at a company called Fran Connect. We are a uh, traditional software, uh, SaaS software company uh, located in Reston, Virginia. And we have a suite of solutions that we sell to franchisors to help them better and more efficiently run their franchise systems. So we have... Um, quite a few customers, over 500 customers. And we've been, the company's been around for actually about 18 years. Um, and I've been here about a year and a half now and um, things are going well. We are, we're growing and uh, continuing to, to add customers on a daily basis and things are good. Yeah, so you started out as an accountant and you got your MBA and yeah. then Talk to me about the journey here because you've also co-founded a couple companies that you sold. And I want to hear that story as well. Absolutely. So uh, to go a little bit back, um, my whole life growing up, my father was a a significant influence on me, and especially from a career standpoint. He's a dentist and he had his own practice and he always encouraged me um, as I I grew in my my, uh, teenage years to someday start my own company. He, he just felt that entrepreneurship and, and, and kind of being your own boss was the way to go. So when I was at, uh, in, at Notre Dame, um, uh, one of the things that uh, the programs there that is, is, was a very strong program at the time, still is, quite frankly, was the accounting program. And my father, for as amazing as he was a dentist, he was a, not a very good businessman. Um, and, and that was largely because I don't think he fully understood the financial aspects of running a business. So I decided the thing I was going to for sure do was understand the financial side of the business. So I uh, focused and, and, and majored in accounting at Notre Dame. And then from there, decided to go at least get my CPA. So I went into accounting, as you mentioned, to start. But I knew I didn't want to be a CPA. I didn't want to be in public accounting for a long time. So I, at the time, uh, I was in Los Angeles, California, and it takes three years to get the level of experience to get your CPA license. So I did that. But then I, once I, immediately after getting my license, I ended up joining one of my clients in a CFO role. So I was very blessed and fortunate to, to take on a CFO role at a pretty young age did that for a number of years um, to the point where I felt like my career needed to, in order to continue to grow it, I needed to, to take another step. And that's, as you mentioned, when I went and was, again, very blessed to be able to go to the, the Wharton School for my MBA. I did that full time. And then coming, I, while I was at Wharton, I, I tried to start a company with a friend. Um, we did start a company, I should say. Um, but it was right in the middle of the dot-com era, for those of uh, your, your listeners who will remember that. I remember it well. Yeah, back in 99. Um, and so we were, we, were, we were starting a company that was an online benefits, employee benefits company. Uh, long story short, um, at, at, right when we were getting some serious traction is when the market crashed and, and everything went south in, in the spring of 2000. 
And so I graduated in, in the spring of 2000. Um, we decided we weren't going to go forward with the company. The funding that we were trying to get had dried up. And so I had not done any interviewing or done any thinking about what I was going to do coming out of Wharton. And so I was very blessed to be able to have a friend whose uh, you know, boyfriend at the time is now her husband was looking for someone to join his team. So I came to, uh, so I ended up joining AWOL Time Warner coming out of school, spent four years there doing largely sort of corporate development type work, um, some M&A type work and kind of getting some, you know, getting a little more um, experience in other areas of sort of the CFO uh, realm, if you will. And then um, after spending two years in London with AOL Time Warner, um, ultimately uh, connected with two, two, two of my uh, previous partners from my past when I was originally a CFO, and the three of us started a new company, an education company. And so that was in 2004. It was actually late 2003. We started um, a, a, a company called B&H Education that owned vocational schools. So the easiest way to think about it, anybody who works in a salon or a spa, we train mm-hmm. people. All licensed physicians, cosmetologists, estheticians, massage therapists, even nail technicians in some states are licensed and so we, um, we raised private equity money. We raised $10 million of capital. We actually acquired a platform of 13 locations um, and then just started doing, uh, you know, some people would probably call it a classic roll-up strategy where we just went, it's a highly fragmented industry, and we just went on a, on a very aggressive plan to buy as many schools, single mom and pop sort of operated schools as we could and um, again, Carl, I'm, I'm a blessed guy and things went well for us. And we um, built that up over time to a company that was doing at its peak. We were doing $145 million in revenue. We had uh, about north of $28 million of EBITDA and we had about 1,200 employees. And we were very blessed and able and we, we sold that business. So that was one of the businesses I started, uh, co-founded, I should say, and, uh, and ultimately sold. The other business that you mentioned is a, is, a, is a software company. So when we were building our education company, we pretty quickly, within about two, three years into it, realized that the student information system that we were using was not going to scale with our plans for the growth of the education business. So we went to the market to find out what other solutions were out there and, quite frankly, just didn't find anything that we that we found found compelling, or that we thought that the cost uh, was you know was worth the benefit, and so we ultimately we we kind of just we kind of figured out it was going to cost somewhere between about three and five million to license the the only player in the in the market that existed at that time that we thought could be a solution for us. So my two partners and I approached our board, and we said, guys, if we're gonna spend somewhere between three and five million on this solution to customize it and to build it out across our school network. Why don't we seed that money ourselves into our own company, build exactly what we need, but do it in a way that once we've built it for ourselves, we can then 
take that solution to, to the greater market and actually run that company as its own entity. And how did it end? What, what, what was the yeah. end? That company, the name of that company was Vicado. We brought a fourth person into that company because neither myself nor my two partners are software people. Ten year, a 10-year journey of up and down and up and down. There were th- at least three times I thought we were going to run out of cash. You know what? Wouldn't you know it? Uh, Oracle finally got, got a wind of what we were doing and has their own higher education solution, a software solution and, and stack, but, but they were missing a very specific technology that we had built and ultimately came by and Oracle bought that company in actually the uh, spring of 2018. So that, that once again, God, God blessed me and, and, and showed favor to me and, 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 and was able to transact and ultimately sell that company as well. So well, you, you've, you've referred to God several times throughout this story. Talk to me about how you came to faith. Uh, sure. So I am a, well, I, I grew up a Catholic. Uh, and so my, you know, I, um, up, up through my, uh, all the way through college, I went to the University of Notre Dame, which is a Catholic school. I did not go to Catholic school growing up, but I, I grew up a Catholic. I'm one of seven children, um, a very traditional sort of Irish Catholic family, um, and so I, my whole, my whole life up until I was 30 years old, I was Catholic. Even after college, I still went to church every Sunday. Um, I still, you know, considered myself a practicing Catholic. And then I met my wife <laughs> and, uh, I, sometimes I get emotional when I talk about these things, but, um, my wife, um, at the time, or, you know, you know, was, was, I had grown up in the church of Christ and she was essentially, you know, what I would consider largely a non-denominational uh, Christian. Mm-hmm. And so we met each other and, and fell in love and she didn't want to be a Catholic. That just wasn't part of her faith journey. And while I, I considered myself a Catholic, I didn't identify with Catholicism. That wasn't what God meant to me truly and what was most important to me. So we kind of agreed, we literally had a long discussion about this, that we would kind of try to meet in the middle a little bit. So we started attending McLean Bible. I went there, we, we, the two of us went there for probably a year or so before we left for London. Long, long story short, she brought me to Christ. She's the one who helped me understand that what faith is about and what God is about is having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And as a Catholic growing up, I didn't know that. I didn't understand that, that in my experience, that's not something that's even talked about or considered, right? In the, in the Catholic faith, everything sort of goes through the priest up to the Lord, right? Well, Beth, that's my wife, Beth, um, helped me understand and show me that, no, each of us can have our own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so once I... Once that happened and I understood that and started reading the Bible and really digging in, uh, my faith just deepened tremendously to the point where I gave my life to Christ back in 2001. Wow. So how have you taken that faith with you uh, through your work life and how have you integrated it? Yeah. uh, You know, it is, um, you know, I, everybody here, uh, and I would say most people in my, in my in my work offices, not just here, but in previously uh, as well, um, know that I am a believer and know that my faith is the most important thing to me. And so it's really just a day-to-day, as you interact with people in the office, you kind of find and look for opportunities to just share that with them, 
I, I do not walk around, uh, you know, carrying a Bible and a cross uh, through the halls and saying, hey, uh, who wants to come talk to me about my faith? But it's just in the lunchroom. It's in a meeting. It's in a, um, you know, after work function where I just look for opportunities to talk about faith if someone is willing to do that. And I don't want to say I don't talk about it if they're not willing to do it. But, you know, if that's not where they want to go or that's not what they want to talk about, I try to I try to take a long, you know, a longer view versus trying to just talk to them right there, maybe in the media. So and, and I'll, I'll share another quick story. Um we recently went through a CEO change here. When I say recently, it was about, well, now it's almost a year. But um, and, and the new CEO came in, kind of brought all the executives together and said, I want us to do a day offsite and talk about ourselves personally, get to know each other better and, and talk about who you are and what you're about and stuff. And I was able in, in that environment to share uh, quite a bit about my faith and my, you know, the fact that Jesus Christ is the number one you know, person in my life and that even above my wife, people that for a lot of people that that's hard for them to understand, you know, Beth's probably number two, <laughs> but, but, but Christ is number one and there's no, that's unequivocal and there's no doubt about it. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Well, we're coming to the end here, Michael. I want to thank Michael Flecker for joining us here. He's CFO of Frame Connect, and thank you for joining us on Faith at Work. Please be sure to follow our podcast. You can find us on all the major podcasting platforms. Thanks. Yes, I gotta have faith. You have been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant, brought to you by airaccountant.io.